0: Everybody! Oh damn it, Jacob! You know what? Hey everybody, welcome to Hey Man. I'm Josh. I'm Jacob. What do you? What? what hey man. What, hey man. What's up? I I was about to text you before, like at around twelve. Bring a foot measuring tape. Yeah. I was, but it was like twelve, and then excuse me, everybody. Then I had to take a dump, and then I, I forgot. I must have shit out the idea. You got distracted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Next week, bring the measuring tape yep. so we can show everybody that I'm five, straight up 5'10 five, five, ten ten. and a half. 5'10 and a half. I love how you've
1: dropped from 5'11 to Is that hour. what I said originally? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I've always been 5'10 and a half. Somebody's facing life. You think I'm under 5'10. No, I think you're 5'10. I'm 5'10 and a half. You're 5'10. A half. No. 5'10
0: and a half. No. Five, ten and
1: so a half. the bet for you and me was, uh, are you over or under 5'10 and a half? And I said under.
0: And I say over. But what if you're right at 5'10? Matt will be the judge. Nobody's right exact. Okay. All right? All right. Okay. And if I'm right exact, you win. How about that? No, nah, we'll just call it a draw. But it'll it'll, yeah! it'll still
1: be a win for me because you're 5'10. And a half. But not 5'11.
0: Anyways, hey everybody. <laughs> 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 Can't wait for that day. Hey, Next week. Uh let's get. The business out of the way real quick. Yep. First of all, com for all tour dates. Vancouver. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. First of all, you showed up. You showed up. And there was some huge comedy that weekend in Vancouver. Somebody asked me if there was a comedy festival in town. That's how much comedy was there. Yeah. Hinchcliffe was there. Nate Bargatze was there. There was that other Snowden tour was there. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of people there. But Josh Wolf was there. Yeah. You guys sold out all four shows. Mm-hmm. So thank you. The special tapings were so good. I got... I'm going to be... We'll give you a little inside baseball, guys. That first show, the first taping, I got into my head a little bit. That mm. I probably hadn't happened I don't know how many years.
1: Yeah. I, I can tell you were in your head because when you came off stage... We were talking a little bit and then you just looked at me and you were like, am I overthinking this? And I was like, yes. Oh my God. I was like, I don't want to be the one to tell you. I like the fact that you made that realization, but I was like, yes. Oh my God. Yes. You're overthinking this.
0: Yeah. And the second show was, you know, the second show guys, if I'm going to, if I do it the way I think I'm going to do it, I think will be unlike any special you've ever seen. And I'm going to tell you why. So I, I, I think I explained this. I chose a smaller venue because I have very little ego, um, and uh, so I don't need to be in a giant theater so you see the crane shot, and I, I don't need that. Right. And, and as a matter of fact, what my, my only directive going in was The Best Show. Yeah. And I, for me, as a storyteller, this is different for everybody, but for me, as a storyteller, I'm better in a smaller venue. I mm-hmm. like playing theaters, guys. Better money. I like all the people. I like the energy. So I like playing them. And if I'm not shim- filming a special, I- I'll play those theaters all day long. Yeah. But for the special, I wanted to be at my best, which is, I, for me, you're between 300 and 400 seats, right? Because I, I as a storyteller, I like the intimacy. Right. So, but I also know what comes along with that, yeah, is it if you're not in a theater... The difference between the crowds, a theater, it's so weird, guys. A theater almost makes people behave better. A comedy club feels so much looser, and there's drinks, and people bring in nachos. But that's the energy I wanted. So, I had to throw somebody out mid-set. Not only did I have to, in the middle of my joke, in the middle of a joke. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Guys, so who knew what was going to happen? In the middle of the joke, I stopped the joke. And I said to her, hey, you're going to have to leave. Just like that. And I wasn't, this was past the point of playing with her. I didn't want to get into a back and forth because I wanted to get to the special. So, right? Right. But I was like, hey, you're going to have to go. And um, I, it was, she was in the front. Uh, yeah. Right? In the front row. And so we had to wait for her to, because at first she said no. And then somebody came over and was like, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, but we had to wait for her to get up grab her drunk ass and walk out of the room. And it took a while and it was fucking quiet. Super. Yeah, dude, like quiet. And then somebody right up front just goes awkward. Right. Cause it was, but then I explained to him, Hey, no dude, actually this is why I filmed here. I, I filmed in a place like this because this is the energy that I wanted. And it was it was dead, dude. And as a comic, I had dug myself a pretty big silent hole. And it was, I obviously dug myself out and and then picked up the joke right where I left off. Yep. And it fucking killed. Killed. I think it's such a cool inside. Maybe am I comedy nerding this that it's interest that is interesting to watch. For me, uh, I think that's interesting to watch. And it's different than any other podcast uh, any other special because I'm not making it perfect. What do you think? I,
1: I would I definitely think it's it's definitely unique, right? Because in every special the shots are perfect, uh crowds behave. Like obviously like you said in a the theater people think it's like a different type of show. Yeah. So they're yeah, like you said, a little more respectful. But uh, I've never seen a special. I've seen a special where uh the the person on stage talks to somebody in the crowd. Yes. But never throw somebody out and then you do do what you did. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's never something I've ever seen before. Uh, so I mean, I I definitely
0: think it's it's definitely different. I think it's cool, Matt. Let me ask you something. And you may be closer to liking comedy nerd stuff than the average person, the inner workings and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you think it's worth leaving it in the special, or or like just clipping it? I think it makes it different. My instinct is to clip it and keep. Keep it out of the special. How come? Because there's a pacing issue. Like when you're, when you have something that people are watching on demand, you want it to flow. Mm -hmm. You want it, you want to keep them engaged. If what you're saying did bring your show to a halt, it might be interesting as like a, from a documentary point of view, Mm -hmm. but as someone who's sitting in their underwear on their couch, wanting to enjoy a stand-up special, I don't want to see that. I got to tell you, first of all, I didn't know you watched comedy in your underwear. As, as soon as I'm home, my pants are off. <laughs> hey, listen. By the way, I hope all of you are watching my comedy with your pants off. Uh, whoa, that's whoa. how it was intended. Whoa. So hell yeah, dude. If I was known as the pants-off comic and people were like, I only watch Josh Wolf with my pants off, you don't think I would take that as a compliment? I mean, I guess
1: yeah. Like it's it is a compliment, but like I don't know if you want to be known to be that guy. Why
0: not? Well, first of all. Uh, like Bert, Bert Kreischer's the shirts off comic why can't I be the pants off dude but my pants aren't off yours are my comedy makes you want to take your pants off dude that is the best t-shirt ever are you kidding if I went on the road and every interview I did somebody was like dude I had to listen to your comedy it made me want to take my pants off everybody's coming to my show uh, I, you don't I mean, think people are at least curious to be like, "What is this about this dude's comedy?" I mean, but, definitely. But I, I mean, I don't know. I I don't think I want to be known as the pants. I I'd, I'd want to be known as the pants off comic. I do. Hey, everybody, listen. <sighs> New rule coming to my show. Uh, if you want to take your pants off, you can. I wouldn't invite that. Uh, as long as I get underwear on, you got to have underwear on, dude. You can't let the little the baby bird fly out of the nest. But but uh, is the hat crooked or the glasses hat? Uh, um. Yeah, you can't let the baby bird fly out of the nest. But By the way, I like how you went to fix your hat, and
1: you did zero. I down. did. You literally, like, did you see that, Matt? He literally just, like, touched it with a pinky and was like, yeah, that fixed it. You did zero for fixing it. No, that fixed it. it well, yeah, you just used two hands to fix it now. I just, right. I just like how you were like, yeah, that's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? By the way, one gray hair in my mustache, and I almost had a fucking straight-up meltdown. It's been there for a minute. Uh, shut up. Uh... So the like, comedianjoshwolf.com for tour dates. Uh, uh, first of all, we were in LA yesterday. We did Jason Nash's podcast. Let's get to that in yep. a second. I want to tell you, and just, I want to give you your props because I think I have turned into somebody. I think it's important to give people their flowers while they're alive. Yeah. I'm not about, so, you know, my, my friends are used to it. I reach out to people I don't know. I, I, uh, we're not I don't know, but I don't know that well. But like if I watch your comedy special, I'm a, and it's funny. I'm gonna reach out to you. Yeah, you know. And so, um, but but I want to tell you a couple of things. First of all, we had a podcast, and then we had a meeting with um, some uh, a group of people. Uh, we can't really say who it is quite yet.
1: You can just say a group of people.
0: Um, and I want you to know that you handled yourself. So well outside of our bubble, this is this is the big test, the next test. Us going on other podcasts, having people on here, right? Um, but you really handled yourself outside of the bubble really well. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I'm. You know, I, I think,
1: I think being on stage is also just developing. Like a, I mean, I've always had confidence. I've always been confident talking to strangers or talking to anybody, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the stage time is developing, like a, or, or not developing, but adding to my. Confidence in just kind of everyday aspects.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah. Hey, your confidence, uh, you're walking around the world confidence. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, it's so it's uh, fantastic to see. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious. First of all, yesterday, the meeting we were in, I, I would say what excited me so much, I love being around knowledgeable people. Right. And we were in a room chock full of knowledge right. about our business. It was so exciting to me to be in that room and to share ideas and to shoot the shit. Um, but we're going to have more and more meetings like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. You you were really, really good. I appreciate it. You know my only one note. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I do. Um, I'm also really proud of you, dude. You went and did a bar show. Yeah, I did. And this is what you need to do to... You're going to be good. You already are good. Right. But to be great, you got to get out amongst other people. Tell right. me about your experience. Going to tell me about the bar show. Tell me about your experience. Um, tell me how it was different from the shows, what you learned, what you liked, what you didn't like. Give me the whole thing.
1: Um, I got invited to go do five minutes at a, at a, a backstop, which is a, uh, a, like a like a dive bar, biker bar kind of vibes in uh, Boulder City. In uh, Nevada. And uh, I got invited by a buddy of ours named Kool-Aid. Nevada? Nevada. Nevada. Okay. Um, And uh, for me, it was just like uh, one of my New Year's resolutions is I'm doing, I want to try and do two open mics a month. Because uh, I did my,
0: or not open mics, but like shows that aren't your shows. And and by the way, for people listening, when they're like, that doesn't sound like a lot, like a lot of people do more. Jacob already gets uh, five shows a week. Where he's getting between fifteen and twenty five minutes on stage, right? So he's already getting a bunch of stage time, and he's only in town three days a week. I uh, he, and he's got a beautiful girlfriend, and they love each other very much. And so he's making a concerted effort to um, Sp-
1: ha- spend the time that I have in 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 at home with my girlfriend and have balance. Balance yeah, yeah. is really important. Absolutely. Okay. Good. Um. And so I got, and so I went out there. Um, and again, New Year's resolution is just to do two shows that aren't your shows. Because, you know, I want to, I went up and did one uh, earlier this January. And when I got up there, I was confident walking up. I picked up the mic and it was like the first time I was on stage. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was also because all the lights were on and I could see everybody. Mm-hmm, that's that fucked. Tough. that yeah. fucked with me a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Because when I told a joke and they didn't laugh, I could see how many people didn't laugh. Yeah, that's a uh, That was hard. Yeah. So, but, and so I I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like that feeling of, you know of that like those nerves going up. And I going into this, I was like, even if I bomb, or even if I do these two shows a month and I bomb at every single one, I wanna go up still with that confidence every time in telling jokes and in trying new things. Um because I think it'll make me better. And so went and did this show. Uh super nice. Uh shout out Manny was the dude who booked it and thank you for having me. Um it was it was super cool. Like this really kitschy kind of dive bar, super fun, pool tables, like the whole thing. Um and there were, there was like six comics. Um, and you know, I, I, was watching the comics who went up before me and I was sitting there thinking like, this is the perfect room in time for me to try something that I've never done before. And I went through my notes cause I have a note that says joke ideas and I picked, do you really? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Good for you. Absolutely. Dude. Good for you. And I picked two on there that I liked and that I've kind of told before and like talked out loud a little bit, but never really tried. And I just went on stage and was like, "Fuck it," and I did it. And uh, one of them, one of them doesn't really have an end destination, and I kind of knew that going in, but I just wanted to tell the story and see if the funny parts in the middle were still there and stuff like that. Um, and I, I want to find an end destination for it because I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I have an idea. And I, I tried another one that I had been talking, I've been talking about for a long time. Yeah, it was the first thing I ever wrote down in that note. Tab. I remember. And. On the way over to it, Kool Aid. I drove Kool Aid over there, um, and we were talking about it. And we had said a couple things, and I was like, "Those are the that's that's what I'm missing." And so I tried that on stage, um, and it it was great. It was great. The it, it's more. I'll give you the premise, just so no, yeah, don't okay um, or not, yeah, don't. but uh, uh, it got good laughs throughout the whole thing. I only did five minutes. Um, he was like seven max, and so I got the light at five, and I was like, "Yeah, I could just I'll just end it right here." Sure. Um, and it was great, man. Like I, I felt really good. Um, when I was super nervous the first time, cause I like to stand at the mic and not really move around. Uh, this time I picked up the mic and walked and paced across stage cause I figured it would help my nerves a little bit. And it did. Um, I said some jokes that you had played on me when I was a teenager up front, kind of just kind of, you know, loosen it and whatnot. Um, and I kind of liked how I started that and that's probably how I'll start shows I agree. that aren't that you're not that's not
0: your shows. Tell me was it more satisfying less satisfying to do this and get laughs in front of this crowd? Um or neither, same.
1: I I think it was I don't think it was more satisfying. It was definitely satisfying to know that I went up there completely on a whim and just did 5 minutes that I've never even talked out loud or yep. tried before and they were just kind of ideas. Um and it was satisfying to know that my my brain was able to kind of keep up with the story and still think of things and remember punchlines for things that I've talked about three times out loud with mm-hmm, other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't say more satisfying, but definitely satisfying. And again, it's still that high, you know, of like, I'm
0: just going to try something real quick. And both of them worked. And I was like, oh, this is well, awesome. just so you know, dude, super proud of you. Thank you. Super proud of you, super proud of you. Keep pushing yourself. We, we were in LA yesterday. We did Jason Nash's podcast, which was... A ton of let's by the way, before we get to that, I I, I don't want to leave Vancouver quite yet. Okay. First of all, I love that city. Super cool city. I want to go back when it's not raining. I agree, which is two months out of the year. I will say something else, what we learned in Vancouver. First of all, I went into a legit straight up on the in the middle of the street next to an ice cream store mushroom shop. Crazy. Called Zoomers. Guys, it was like 7-Eleven, but with mushrooms. It had every strain of mushroom I would ever heard of and probably 15 I had never heard of in a display case. Crazy. I uh, mean, it's, it's like, what a, time, what a time to be alive. How great did those mushrooms look? Amazing. Dude, stop it. Amazing. So we bought some blue mayonies, Um, But these mushrooms, So, and I was talking about, I'm like, is, is this legal? And they were like, yeah, you can. And I go, well, how many can I buy? I'm like, how many? They were like, you know, a lot. How many do you want? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. And so we did a little more research. And what they told us at the club, they were like, Yeah, hey, there's actually stores you can go into and buy Coke and heroin. And we were like, What? Yeah. The fuck is happening? But it was bananas. The 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 mushroom store was amazing. The weed store was great, also, right? Dude, not only was the weed store good, the weed itself. Why did they sell DMT vape
1: pens? Ah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I Look, by the way, what a city. Holy shit. I mean, Crazy. That's insane to me, like, to be able to sell that. But so I, I did a little more research on okay, it. Okay, okay. And so mainly what it is is, like, there's a, a, a decriminalization, uh, just, like, tenure going on. It's about three years, yeah. and it's only in Vancouver. And it's, the law mainly states that anyone 18 plus, if they're caught with, uh, like, two and a half grams, that's the limit, two and a half grams, over two and a half grams of... Uh, like cocaine, crack, uh, heroin, LSD, all, all your opioids, everything. Two and a half grams is the legal limit for you to have with you in public. And you can use all of them in public. But there are restrictions like you can't be near a bus stop or near a school or near
0: a hospital or shit like that. Well, well I think you should be able to be near a hospital. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> but, but so, the, <laughs> the, the,
1: so what the goal is, because there's been a lot of uh, tainted drug supply. So they're trying to limit the amount of overdoses, but also... Yeah, but like, how does that limit it unless the government is, is, is it. making it? That's what I also thought. But then I looked in a little more, and the main thing behind it is that they want to get rid of the, stig- the stig- stigmatism? Stigma. Stigma that being an addict or using drugs is a mental health thing, and you're not a criminal. So they're trying to... do
0: Why? Go, I don't know. Do because They well, think well, that'll... Mean, they want the drug addicts to feel better about themselves? No,
1: I just think they more want, like, I don't know. I like hearing, <laughs> hear, hearing, that makes it sound like obviously society does look at, they don't look at drug addicts as mostly criminals, but like if you're a drug addict and you're at a certain point, like, you know, people do desperate times and desperate measures. Right. But, yeah, but, but it is like, I do also think that addiction is, is a hundred percent a
0: mental health problem or not mental health, but it, it's, it's something in that. Area for sure. Um, I want I don't know enough about it to go and say yes or no to that. I, I will tell you this: I don't, I'm not in favor of either cocaine or heroin being legal. I'm gonna tell you something right now. With a hundred percent certainty, if heroin had been legal, I would have tried it when you were younger. There is no doubt in my mind that if heroin was legal, I would have tried it. Now. I would say this for some people also who never tried Coke because it was so illegal. It felt so illegal. Right. Like and those drug dealers felt so much more like drug dealers than weed guys. Right. 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 That it was, they were just scared to do it. But I know the amount of people who use Ritalin. Right. And they use it to focus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think for a lot of people that might start out with, you know what? I'm going to take a bump of this Coke. It's going to let me, I'm not going to get wired out. But I'm going to, just like I take my Ritalin in the morning before I go to work or my Ritalin before I write, I'm just going to go down to 7 Eleven. I'm going <laughs> to buy just a little bit of that Colombian gold. But that, I think, I don't, I I I think people will try Coke that would have never tried it. I think it'll lead less fentanyl overdoses. I think it'll lead to more of a, a addiction, addiction problem. 100%. I don't know. And this is one man's opinion, everybody. So leave the. But but so again, did a little more research because
1: I was so curious. Yeah. I literally just googled, "Can I buy cocaine in Vancouver?" Because that's like just like w- yeah. what I can think of. And so this is what popped up: a Vancouver, uh, a dude named Jerry Martin opened a store in Vancouver that sells opioids, uh, uh, cocaine, crack, heroin, LSD, mushrooms, DMT, all of those, all all of them. Right? Okay.
0: However. He is not operating legally. He's a drug dealer with a storefront who's not getting arrested. Yeah, it's a mobile. It's a mobile mobile shop. Um, oh, a mobile shop. He's in his car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a drug dealer. <laughs> Hold on, but, well, he's not. He's not in. I yeah. think it's more like. I so think you just mo- call Jerry. You page him. You tell him where to go, and he drives over. Yeah, that's what drug dealers do. But so he, but that's true. But so he also like,
1: <laughs> he, whenever, why do they call it a shop? Because it's, it's a, sh- well, no, it like the, the picture I'm seeing right here is literally him in front of a storefront. It doesn't say anything, but it's just him in front of a doorway. And it's got like a list of things he sells. There's a limit of how much you can buy and you have to be 18 to go in. But
0: so it, what, like, what, what, I have a lot of questions. By the way, we'll post, can we, can we post the storefront, Matt? So people can see what it looks like in the video.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. again, but the picture again doesn't like show like what it looks like. Yeah, Just people are gonna be it. curious. Okay, but so this is my question: One, where the fuck is Jerry getting all these drugs? Yeah, he's buying them from drug dealers. Yeah, that. But and then, but then also, he tests them before he sells them to right. make sure he's You're not smart. selling anything like that. Yeah, but
0: but it's like I I I I don't get how he's operating. Fine. Can can you Google the store? Can you get me the prices and all that stuff? Let me see. Because Canadian money isn't the shitter, so you could go up and buy a fucking straight key. There's a picture... Probably harder to get across the border. There's
1: a picture right here, okay, of... It says, uh, no impurities or cuts, 18 plus, ID required. Uh, Cocaine, two and a half grams, $220. Uh, Crack cocaine, two and a half grams, $250. One gram of heroin, $200. (laughs) Methamphetamine, two and a half grams, $100. MDMA, like two full hits, $150. $150.
0: Canadian. Canadian. That means. That's, we, a, that's probably $120, something like dude, that for us. Uh, two and a half grams of meth for $100? I don't know, have anything to judge that against. I've never bought two and a half grams of meth. I just, I feel like <laughs> two and a half grams of meth cost more than $100. I, you, you know, I did meth once by accident. You did tell me that. Okay, I always yeah. love how you say
1: by accident. It was by accident. I don't know, know want people thinking I was doing it on purpose. I know. It, makes, it just makes me laugh that you always say by
0: accident. It by was by accident. accident. I know it was. I know okay. it was. It's just funny. But so, and. Like Out of all of those, okay? Yep. Out of all of those. Hmm, no, because MDMA is going to be the one you pick. Out of all of those that you're most curious about, I, mean, I don't want you trying any of them, but if you were going to try one, what would it be? Fucking not heroin, not crack, and not meth. So Coke. I, I mean,
1: I guess that's like the only one on there that, other than MDMA, like, yeah. that's what I would choose because yeah. I haven't done it before. I haven't done any of those. But I would want to do the MDMA because that seems like more my wheelhouse. Yeah, I agree. To- By the way, totally. None of the other ones seem like my wheelhouse whatsoever. Can, I, t-
0: can I tell you what I would try? Hero- heroin. You already said that. Because here's the deal, guys. The first half of every heroin movie looks so much, Looks like so much fun. Every heroin movie, dude, those, that first half, I'm like, this drug is amazing. <laughs> they're writing the best songs. They're having the best sex. They're having a great time. It's the second half of the heroin movie that really deters me from doing heroin. Yeah. Which is why I just want you to be prepared. When I hit 85, dude, it, if I'm in good health or not, I'm doing some heroin. I'm not going to shoot it up. I'm going to snort it. I just want to see what it feels like. At, but why at 85? Eh, probably, because then I'm already, it, I'm already, yeah, but, I'm it, already 85. It,
1: but it might shut down your body doing heroin at 85. Okay. How about not? Because if you're in good health, I'd like you to stay in good health at 85 yeah, and be... No, what? no, 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 no. This is not a conversation. At 85, one of the kids will be watching you. And I guarantee you, one of those nurses
0: in the nursing home is not going
1: to go out and get what, your okay. hair away. What, Am I in a
0: nursing home? Is that where you've already put me in a nursing home at 85? I'm just spitballing. That You're spitballing with me in a nursing home? Yeah, you know, just weighing the options well, I thought out. you said I was in good health. Why do I need to be in a nursing home? Because none of us want to take care of you. Why <laughs> do I need someone to take care of me if I'm in good health? Because apparently you might be trying heroin. So you might need somebody <laughs> to take care of you when you try heroin. I think... You're at, not trying heroin. I think at 85, you got to give me the green light just to see what it's like. If I die at 85, I die at 85. Zero chance. Well, I'm going to have to... Uh, I wonder how... chance. Just because of that, I'm going to make sure you're in a nursing home at 85. Health or good health or whatever. But Dude, you're I, just going to get a phone call one day and it's going to be your sister. And she's going to be like, hey, why did dad d- decide to go to Vancouver? <laughs> You're gonna be like that motherfucker, dude. And that's You're it. gonna know. You'll know the hotel I'm gonna be in. Oh yeah.
1: In, but in 30 years, who knows? This might all be legal.
0: I'm saying. I'm you don't think at 85, I've earned the right to try some heroin? I don't know if you can earn the right to try
1: heroin. I think you just try it if you want to. Yeah. But at 85, it just seems like a dangerous idea. Oh, dude, it's a dangerous it's, idea at any point in time, ladies and gentlemen, but it just
0: seems like... Oh, I think at 85, you're rolling the dice whether you live or not. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. That's why I'm waiting until I'm 85. But if you're in good health at
1: 85, fuck that.
0: How about if I'm not in good health, are you okay with me trying it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're really drawing a hard line here. With we'll heroin. have this conversation in 30 years. How about that? I won't be 85 in 30 years. will be 84. Yeah, not 85, though. 31 years, then. <laughs> I would you be see? I wouldn't do coke or any of that things that's going to stop my heart at eighty five. How do you know heroin's not going to stop your heart at eighty five? I don't, but it'll be a fucking nice trippy ride to the stoppage of the heart. It looks like so much fun. Did you ever see what was that movie with fucking? Uh, I forget the movie, but the first half of the hair, the first half of a heroin movie looks like fun. So that's all I'm saying. Okay, so let me live my first half of the heroin movie. Fuck no. Okay. You're really being unreasonable. Oh, you want me to tell, you want me to tell mom that at 85, you want to try heroin? See what she says? No, I don't want you to do that because then she'll make sure that I don't. Perfect. But your mom's going to be alive and kicking at 85.
1: Right. So you should also be alive and kicking at 85 and not trying heroin. I don't know how this is even
0: a conversation. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. Well, uh, uh, um, (laughs) we'll, (laughs) we'll see, we'll see. Uh, And last night, um, one last thing, and then I want to get into what you want to talk about. We get back to the hotel room, and we had bought some of Joey Diaz's weed from the ice cream shop in Studio City. The weed there is fantastic. Joey's weed, it's called laughing gas. It is legit. Good Lord. If you're in L.A. or Studio City, that, that weed is no joke. Joey smokes it, so that's how you know it's good. Yeah. But we have a day. We were going to fly back last night. The meeting went so well. We ended up missing our flight. We ended up getting a hotel room. This is the only time this has ever happened with you and I. We were going to celebrate. We got a room with a balcony. True. We we're going to celebrate and go and just... You were like, you ready to smoke some weed, old man? Let's go We And it was not one room, two beds. It was one room, one bed. Yep. So we went king bed and we ordered some food and... uh yeah, you you fell asleep. Yo. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I fell asleep before you did. Here's the thing. You never fall asleep before I did. No. I was, I was hungry when we first started smoking weed. Then the food showed up. And I ate $70 worth of Korean food. By the way, guys, if you order $70 worth of Korean food, you have ordered a lot of food. I'm also amazed I haven't had to get up mid- mid- midway through this podcast. It's been a rough
0: day. Has it? Oh, yeah. Has it been fiery? Understatement. It's fiery. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask is it tender to wipe? Not yet. That's a problem. When it's tender to wipe. Yep. Yep. When you, when your butthole feels like, like you put your hand on a burner. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm amazed I haven't had to get up through this podcast yet. Really? Were you planning on maybe getting up? You never know. Well, you know, it's always like, I love the Asian culture of food. Any of it. Mm-hmm. It's all great. It's spicy. And I love it. It's always worth it for me to eat it because it's so much, so enjoyable the day of, but it's really hard to enjoy the day after.
0: Right. So,
1: but for me, it's always worth it because I just, I just love Asian food.
0: Awesome. So dude. much. Yeah, but it was so good, by the way, when we got home, I went on a walk with Indiana Jones and your mom and I love living here, man. It's I great. I love living here. It's great living here. I love it here too. Um. By the way, before we move any further, Buffalo is next. And then where?
1: Dania Beach. Florida.
0: Oh, for, for Valentine's Day. Correct. Buffalo uh next week. Dania Beach, week after that. Sacramento, San Francisco, week after that. Yeah. Comedian for tour dates. Thank you so much to everybody who's listening and watching to watching the pod. Um, Jacob Wolf, what do you got for me this week? Um, you know, being on Jason Nash's podcast
1: yesterday, and you know, we talked a lot about uh about family and about us and about him and his kids and I don't know, like uh, something struck a chord and a core memory kind of showed up that is is one of my favorites. And it's uh, with me, Kate and Trev, which are my siblings, for those Mm -hmm. who don't know. And uh, I was probably around five or six. And uh, I was, we were in Seattle for Christmas that year. And it was Christmas Eve. And we were all sitting in the living room, just kind of hanging out, looking outside. It's sometimes snowed in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Not very often, but Mm -hmm. it did happen. And we were all sitting there looking at the, the sliding glass door and every single one of us made a collective wish of, I really hope it snows Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. And there was no nothing in the forecast. It wasn't supposed to snow. There was like, there was there was nothing. We all went to sleep that night and Trevor woke up first. Trevor woke Kate up. Kate woke me up and they were like, I was like, what's up? And they were like, just, just come with us. And we went same to that sliding glass door, same spots we were the night before and a foot, at snow, a foot of snow had fallen overnight. That's nice. And it was like, a crazy, it was like, we were all like Christmas miracle or like Christmas wish. And it was like a really kind of like magic. How old were you Think I think I was probably five or six. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really just like kind of like a magical Christmas morning because we looked outside, we all opened presents and then we went outside to play in the snow. All the other kids in the, in the, in the complex had come out to play in the snow. We all just stayed out there for probably until the sun went down, just throwing snowballs, I love that doing too. this whole thing. Like it was, it, it was such a core memory for me. And I don't know why it popped up, but it did. Shout out Caitlin and Trevor. I love you guys. Um, you know, let's 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 make some more of those,
0: for sure. Yeah, dude. I wish you guys had more memories together. the The fact of the matter is, the three of you didn't spend a whole lot of time together. No, you know, the, you did when you were younger, right? But as you get older, the three of you just didn't. You know, Kate bounced back and forth between our place and Seattle. Seattle where your biological mom lived mm-hmm. and Trevor stayed up there and you stayed down yeah. with me. And so there was a, um, very few times where you guys were together, the holidays,
1: holidays, sometimes yep.
0: on the summer, like summer break. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I do, I do wish that you guys had more core memories. You know, I, I, I I've said it to you about a million times, and I eventually stopped because I know it's not fair to put that pressure or responsibility on you. So I've stopped saying it. Where I would say, I wish you and your brother and your sister were closer. Yeah. Or, I I wish you um, you know, I would say to you, right? You should reach out and and all this stuff. Yeah. And I and I I'll, I'll tell you something honestly, dude. If we're being honest, and I think you know this, I. You know, I know from their perspective, you've had it easier, but I can tell you without, without any doubt, when I look back on this, if I'm thinking now, I've, I definitely have put more pressure on you and expected more from you. And I have more guilt wrapped up in your brother and sister. Right. For some things that have happened to them during their lives that, that were not my responsibility and not having anything to do with me. But I have a lot of guilt wrapped up in that because uh, you have, um, as a parent, you're, mm, as a parent, you're one thing when this little person is like, I'm going to protect this person. for when, No matter what I got to do for the rest of my life, I'm going to protect this fucking person. Right. And when that doesn't happen, there's a lot of guilt wrapped up in that. And so I... I have asked you to do things, and and I I caught that. It was maybe, it's been a year, maybe more than a year since I was asking you about. Yeah, I think it's I think, I think but, it's been probably uh, more than a year, something like that. But I remember you saying to me, hey, this is not my responsibility. They can also reach out to me. And you were like, stop talking to me about this. Yeah. yeah I, I had hit, for you to say something like that, I must have hit a real boiling point because you you're not a dude